I actually put together this message yesterday, nice three-point sermon, you know, just, just what I thought I ought to do. And by yesterday evening, God had convinced me that that wasn't really what I was supposed to do. So you're not going to hear that today. Um, we're going to do something a little bit different. How many of you have heard the parable of the great car designer? Nobody? All right. Well, you see, there was this great car designer. And um, he was just incredibly anointed in what he did. And um, he would spend hours just thinking about what would be, you know, what would be my idea of the ideal vehicle, my, the ideal car? And as he began to think about these things, he'd begin on his blueprints and he'd begin writing things down and drawing them up. And then he would turn them over to the company and the company would develop these things, these, these cars from these blueprints. And they were like a sensation. Everybody loved them. They were like, awesome you know it's like when 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 a person would drive by in one of these car these cars people would say wow that is a car now I, it could have been a dress manufacturer but i thought no the guys won't be into that so that's why we're doing cars this morning but uh so this guy you know had this incredible gift this incredible anointing to uh design these cars but as time went on and he was uh, working on, you know, and, and well-known, and, and just everybody was, uh, was acknowledging him and giving him a claim. This is the greatest car designer we've ever known, the greatest one we've ever seen. And um, he began listening to him, and they, they started saying to him, well, you know, why don't you just do this? And why don't you just do that? And, you know, I'd like more luggage space in the car, or I'd like a car that's a little bit faster, or I'd like a car that's got a little more chrome on it, or, you know, and he started listening to them. And as he listened to them, he, he found that he could spend less and less time in deep contemplation about what his gift was and more time just listening to them. Well, you know what happened, of course, as he continued to go down that path, the quality of the design started becoming more and more like everybody else's. And pretty soon, there wasn't anything special about his cars anymore. And he came to a point in the road where he had to make a decision. Am I going to go back and am I going to work hard and am I going to spend that time um, really hearing the talent that's within me or am I going to listen to what other people have to say and go that path? And you know, I was thinking about the, um, the parable of the trapeze artist, which many of you um, remember hopefully a lot of you uh, have listened to it or seen it if you haven't you can go to gateway church freedom ministries uh, just google it and uh, they have this am most amazing parable in there and then a series of lessons that come from that parable and the whole point of that parable is that here's a young man who doesn't know uh, what he's designed for he doesn't know what his purpose is in life and he goes through his childhood, and uh, it's totally—it's it, like a—it's like a childhood that's totally at odds with what he's been designed for. He was designed to be a trapeze artist, but he's learning how to be a farmer. And the two don't mix together very well. And 
as he's going through life like this, it's like, you know, he, he's missing all the joy and he's missing all of the purpose that God has created for him. But uh, fortunately, a, a, a day comes when he realizes, when he discovers what he was really designed for. And when he does that, he thinks, wow, now I've got it made. You know, I can, I can do all of this, this stuff that I was really designed to do. But he found that he had lost the talent. He found that no matter how hard he tried, all he was doing was fulfilling the expectations of others. And as he worked at doing it, he wasn't getting anywhere. He wasn't the great trapeze artist that he was designed to be. And it wasn't until he got to the point of realizing that his father loved him, even if he didn't fulfill that, that he began to be at rest and he began to be at peace. And um, as he began to recognize that he didn't have to fulfill expectations, all he had to do was to be uh, loved by God, to be loved by his father, and then let God work out within him. Then he could become what God had designed him to be. Now, um, let's see, I want to read a scripture I felt like God kind of gave me this to share with you this morning, and it's from John chapter 14. And I even brought one of these old things, you know, just to show you guys, because probably a lot of you have forgotten what they look like. But this is a book. <laughs> this particular book is a Bible. And uh, you can pull out your electronic version if you've got it. Um, but I want to read from John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. And it says... Jesus speaking here. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Okay, now what is the very first thing that that started with? If you love me, you will obey what I command. You see how obedience to God, love and obedience are tied together. They go hand in hand. We can't be in the middle of God's love without seeking to be obedient to him. Likewise, we can't just try to be obedient to God without the love. The two have to go together. It's, it's the love that, that kind of spurs us on, and it's the obedience that makes us true. It's the obedience that re, kind of refines us and modifies us and changes us and helps us so that we can become the... Uh, designer, perhaps, that God has called us to be. Whatever it is, whatever God has designed you for. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that, that I, I hope we all struggle with this. I know when I was young, I struggled with it. And that was, what am I supposed to do with my life? What am I supposed to be? And uh, as I thought about that, a lot of different ideas came through my head. I mean, you all remember, especially if you've had kids, you talk to your kids, and one day they want to be a police chief, and the next day they want to be a fireman, and, you know, the next day they want to be a fisherman, or, or whatever it might be, and they're, they're changing their minds all the time. And as we grow older, though, we begin to realize there's a reality that somehow we have to make a living out of whatever it is that we're trying to, you know, that we like to do. And... Uh, as the reality begins to set in and we begin to refine ourselves, perhaps to educate ourselves or, or develop ourselves or improve ourselves, then, uh, you know, hopefully begin to move along that path. Now, I, I had a really interesting experience with that that I just want to share 
briefly. Uh, because, see, I, I uh, came to the point of deciding that I couldn't figure it all out for myself when I was 27. And uh, I had been choosing, trying to figure it out, and thinking I was going down the path that I wanted all the way up until that time. And suddenly, I got to a point where I had to give up. And I had to actually, and this was really hard for me, give up my pride and say, God, I'm going to give my life to you, and I want to let you be the designer instead of me. And I want to let you lead me instead of leading myself. And amazingly, God took me up on that. And um, almost overnight, I mean, you know, well, almost overnight, my life began to transform. And as it did, guess what? I had just finished my first year of law school. Now, people make lawyer jokes. Ron makes lawyer jokes. Um, but, and, and, and you know, I, I, understand the, I understand a lot of the reasons why. But I was at a point of saying, wow, God, maybe you don't want me to be a lawyer. Maybe you want me to do or be something else. And so I started, you know, seeking God and, and, and praying and saying, God, you know, I'm, I'm open. If you want to change that career, do it now. And I, I came to a point of being at peace and, and thinking, yeah, I think God really wants me to go forward with that. And so I did. And amazingly, uh, you know, I uh, passed my bar exam and eventually became a lawyer. And um, I think God has used those talents because I was open to allow him to develop me. He has used those talents over the years to help so many people. And I love my job because I just see how God has used what is inside of me to touch a lot of lives and, and bring joy to a lot of people who otherwise wouldn't have had it. But anyway, um, it, it starts out from, like we're talking about here in John 14, it starts out where Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. And so what comes to us is the spirit, the spirit not of a lie, but the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth leads us. And the world cannot always accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. And that's, that scripture just struck me there. I will not leave you as orphans. And I thought, you know, that's what we're doing. With this ministry that we've got going down there, we're not leaving them as orphans. We're developing a family around these kids that can make an impact on them, hopefully, for the rest of their lives. And, you know, I thought about um, just how, how God, when we seek to follow him, when we seek the leading of the Holy Spirit, it just seems like God sometimes gets through in spite of us and really shows us where we're supposed to be going and what we're supposed to be doing and can turn a life that may be not be fully satisfying, can turn a life that maybe is not f fulfilling, can take a life 
that maybe feels like it's just full of frustration and, and not accomplishing anything important and somehow turn it into something eternal. Because see, when we do it on our own, it becomes just this life. It becomes something temporal. It becomes something that is with us as long as we're alive and when we're gone, it's gone. But when we're acting in the eternal, when we're operating in the things of God that last forever, it can have an impact that goes from generation to generation. And we all want that. I know we all want that. We all want to see how our lives are fulfilling that purpose, that call, that destiny, that blueprint, if you will, that God has designed for us. And so I think about how Jesus said something at the very end of, of, of Matthew, something, I mean, a missions pastor, I got to say this, okay? Uh, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It hasn't been given to you and I, it's been given to Jesus. And that means he's got the power to do it all. He's got the power to make our lives count for eternity. He's got the power to make us have an impact of love upon our world that can make a, a difference, can make a change for those around us. And I love it. You know, some, a lot of times I think I could go home after the morning service when Nina finishes because she's got this great message that she always gives us. And, uh, you know, this morning it was, it was all encouragement about, you know, people that have had an influence in other people's lives over the years and how those influences have, made it, have, have, have had an impact on us. And, you know, the influences can either be for good or they can be for bad. It's like, you know, the, the, the car designer. He listened to the spirit within him, and he was a great car designer. But as soon as he started listening to all the people, all the voices around him, he lost the talent. He lost the gift. So it's important for us to remember our source is not the people. Our source is not all the things we hear from others. Our source is from God himself. Our source is from the Holy Spirit. And as we seek to live within that, then we can see a transformed life that has an impact. And so he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And why was it given to him? Why, do, why was Jesus given all authority in heaven and on earth? Well, he answers that question. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so the authority comes to Jesus so that we can go. The authority comes to him to be fed into us so that we can go into our world. And as we go into our world, he tells us what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to baptize. We're supposed to make disciples. We're supposed to teach and we're supposed to help people um, to obey everything that he has commanded. And so, you know, the blueprint is there. Now, that's a general blueprint. We may have very specific blueprints that God has for our lives. And, you know, and I hope that we're all seeking to fulfill those blueprints that God has for our lives. Because that's where joy comes from. 
That's where peace comes from. That's where, you know, all of the sense of fulfillment in our lives comes from is when we recognize the source and when we seek to fulfill those passions that he has placed within us. And as we seek to fulfill those passions, being obedient to him, naturally, we're going to be like him. And naturally, we're going to have an influence and impact on those around us. So, he says, uh, I, And lo, I am, sure, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And it's so comforting to know he doesn't leave us, he doesn't abandon us, he's always right there. Unfortunately, we abandon him all too often. Now, how many of you right now are at the height of your game? Boy, you're just right in there real tight with the Lord and everything is going great and you just feel like you're right in the middle of fulfilling all that God has called for you. What? What's going on? Why aren't we all there? You know, if we think about it, things keep coming in, don't they? Life keeps coming in. People keep coming in. Events keep coming in. All these things keep coming in. And as they keep coming in, this, this passion that we had begins to fade. Now, you know, I love the worship this morning. I mean, it was awesome. I, I was in God's presence. And I hope you were too. And, and uh, I thought, wow, you know, if I could just be in this presence all the time. But it's hard. It's hard. And it's one of those things that we do have to keep working at. We have to keep um, finding those quiet times. Finding those times to read his word and, and to seek his will and to seek his purposes. And sometimes go against the flow, which often isn't very comfortable. But as we go through it, we begin to see God having a huge impact on our lives and on the lives of others. And so I just kind of want to encourage you tomorrow, or tomorrow, well, tomorrow, today, every day, right now, I want to encourage you that, um, you know, we all go through these times like this. And it's okay. God created us. He knows what we're like. He knows that we do these things. And yet he keeps pulling us, doesn't he? He keeps drawing us back. He keeps saying, no, I want you at the top of your game. I want you to be the very best at what I've designed you to be. There's a blueprint for your life. I want you to be right in, operating right inside of that blueprint. And as you'll operate, as you'll live inside of that blueprint, wow, love is going to go out. Love is going to touch. Love is going to change. And so if you've never experienced that this morning, you need to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. That's where it all starts. And I'm not going to lead you through that or anything because it's just something you've got to say to yourself. It's something you've got to commit for yourself. And you've just got to say, Jesus, I do want you to be my Lord and Savior. And I realize by saying that, that I'm giving up my way of doing things and I'm going to seek your way of doing things. That's really what Lord means. It means he gets to be the boss, we don't. Okay? And then, you know, I want to encourage you if you've, and I'm, I know most of you have already, already taken that step, then I just want to encourage you, you know, God wants to keep filling you with his spirit. You've got to get to those points. You've got to find those points day by day where you're not too busy, 
to be filled by his spirit, where you're not too busy to see what his voice is and to read his word and to learn what it means to be obedient and to begin to live in that obedience to him even when it seems to go against the flow of this world. And guess what? It usually does go against the flow of this world. Usually, the flow of this world is meant strictly to pull us away from God. And so we've got to keep coming back to our power source. He says he is with us even unto the end of the age. He, we, can, we can take that to the bank. He is with us even unto the end of the age. I was thinking a little bit this morning about Matthew 13 where Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God. And he talks about how the kingdom of God is like a field that had a treasure hidden in it. And the man came and he found the treasure. And for the joy that was before him, he went and he sold all that he had. Sold all that he had so that he could go and purchase that field. And that's really what God calls us to do. He calls us to sell all that we have. And by that, I'm not talking necessarily about physical things. I'm talking about our concepts. I'm talking about our attitudes. I'm talking about our way of thinking the way life ought to be. I'm talking about giving all of that up. And I'm saying, no, I want the field where the kingdom of God is. That's what I want. I want that treasure. That treasure is greater and better than the treasure that I've been creating for myself all of these years. And if we will do that, you know, I just, I, I think there's no stopping what God will do in your heart and in your life and in your impact on other people's lives. There's just no stopping it. It is going to go out and it's going to go forward and you're going to see amazing things. Do you ever get like, sometimes when I'm talking to people about the Lord, I get this excitement and it's like, wow, I can hardly wait to get it out. And I'm, and I'm just... You know, and, and hopefully most of the time when I'm doing that, I feel like God has kind of prepared their hearts because I'm, I'm at a place where, where God has prepared me to share it and them to hear it. And I see the joy that begins to open up inside of them. And it's like, that is the greatest high there ever was. You know, it just feels so good when we, are, when we can share God's word and see uh, a transformation begin to occur. And so that's something that you and I can work at day by day. You know what? God never leaves us. That's what Jesus says here. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's with us to the very end of the age. All we've got to do is keep tapping in. And day by day, he will do that. Now, I want to, I want to have some people come up, uh, Pat and B and Eunice, we're going to talk to you a little bit about our scholarship program, which many of you are involved in. And I just want them to talk for a minute, or a few minutes, about some things that, that uh, you can do, that God might be calling you to do, to, ha to make an impact. And uh, then uh, I want to... Uh, just pray for you all after we finish with that. But let me turn it over to them. Oh, I'm wearing a Casa de Amor para Niños t-shirt, um, which is the orphanage. 
they're wearing Alas de Amor t-shirts, which is the, the wings of love. And uh, that's because this is our community outreach program. I've, the CASA is the orphanage program, and theirs is the community outreach program. Okay. 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 Just so you know. <laughs> um, are, are there pictures showing or no? He's going to do no. it. He's starting. Oh, he's going to start. Okay. Uh, I just want to give you a brief history of our scholarship program. About four years ago, um, you all remember Carol and Sam Lucero and uh, Beverly Jones, who goes with us every month from White Rock, we noticed that there are some children who were no longer in the orphanage that were back in their homes, and they were struggling. And we kept trying to go every month and meet with them. And we decided that one way we could you know, have an end to go and talk to their families and work with them was to help them in school by buying their uniforms, by um, paying their tuition, and by taking them a dispense of food every month. And so for that year, we did that with about two families. Well, the next year, it was six families. And every month, we'd go down and we'd go to the grocery store. We'd buy fresh food. We'd buy, um, you know, staples and laundry soap and all that kind of stuff. And we're able to speak into their lives. And so from then on, the next year, it was 100 students. Last year, it was 150 students. And this year, it's, a, it's 140 students. But we have just seen how, and I think today it's kind of centered around teens. If you notice, our teens are going off. There's 25 of them. That's awesome. They're just, you know, excited about the Lord. The, the two that Nina talked about, you know, that's where it is. When we were in Albania, we had a Bible study with teenagers. And what happened then? Their parents came to the Lord. And it just goes on and on. So in Palomas, our vision is to change Palomas through the kids. And we see God doing that. Every time we're down there, we see children whose lives are changed and their parents that keep coming. You know, you drive down the street and they wave at you. And it's just, it's just awesome. It's an awesome feeling to know that God is working. And our scholarship program is not just a handout. You know, we're going to pay all this, give you your... Um, close and that's that. We require them to uh, come to a meeting every month. We also require them to get a signed note from their teachers that they're doing their work, they're going to school. And we require them to get a signed note from their pastors saying they're involved in their church and they're, they're doing things in their church. So, so that it's not just a, a gimme. They have a responsibility too. Um, and then last year at the end we did a retreat for the students that wanted to go, and we had eight students go. Well, this year, Eunice did a wonderful day-long retreat. We had 34 students go, and at the end, well, I'll let her share about that. Are there pictures of that up now? I can't see. Okay. You want to share about the retreat? Okay. God bless you. My name is Eunice, and um, I've been part of uh, Alas de Amor, I guess, like a local director because I speak Spanish. <laughs> and um, I just want to share that um, last week it was, um, I took the older students to Ascension for a retreat and it was so uh, amazing to see all those uh, students. It was from five different churches that uh, went. At the beginning they were all shy, just sitting uh, you know, in the bands, not talking to each other. But at the end, it was so amazing to see all of them in front uh, praying to God, uh, praising God. And 
you know, I was in tears in the back saying, well, God, thank you for this school year. Thank you for, because um, after 12 years working with them, they're here. Uh, they left their shyness behind and they're praising, uh, praying to you. And I just want to encourage you to invest on those students. Um, I, I guess I'm going to talk a little bit about me. Today is my last Sunday here at The Light. Um, I met Jim and Pat Noble in Ascension when my parents started uh, working uh, at Casa de Amor also. Uh, five years ago, I decided I wanted to go to law school. And those two angels opened their home for me. They have been my sponsors, my angels, my second parents for five years. And I just want to share that um, when you believe in someone's dreams, uh, you know, God, uh, God uh, involves you in the plan of that person. God has been working to me by them. Uh, thanks to them, I'm about to realize this dream. Uh, I'm going to law school in Houston. That's why I'm moving. And if you... Um, Take one of those students, I'm telling you, God can make so many things. Uh, I gave up on my dream, but they kept saying, Eunice, you should apply. They keep pushing me. And that's what you can do for those students in Palomas. Push them to, to uh, keep uh, studying, keep uh, getting an education. That, that's the only thing they can get in Palomas. It's a very small town, highest education is high school. But if, they, if we can take them to that level, I know that um, we will have an impact in the town, in them, in their families. So I encourage you to invest in their lives. And thank you, Jim and Pat, for believing in me and help allowing me to be part of this ministry and of your family. <laughs> My name is B. Johnson, and I uh, don't speak Spanish. But... <laughs> Well, I've got about 22 words down. Um, I've been going down to Palomas for almost two years. In November, it'll be two years. We go down on Friday night. For those of you that work, we come back on Sunday night. And um, uh, February of last year in 2002, uh, when we were down there in the Palomas, someone came over to the, to the um, orphanage and said, there's a family and they are going to have to stop sending their children to school because they can't afford to send them anymore. And there were some issues in the family and one of the girls had gone into the school and spoken to a counselor and so we went over to their home. They lived on the outskirts of town. There's like a, a berm on the outside, outskirts of town and they lived on the other side of it. They didn't have electricity, they lived near the cemetery. There's nothing else out there but the cemetery and their house. And uh, we went over there, and I just felt really impressed to uh, take on this family. Last year, uh, the daughter, one of the daughters, because they have about six kids in the family, and one of the daughters uh, went to the retreat, and she was touched by the Lord. She came back, and she was so excited, and she was so deeply moved by what God had done in her life. A few months later, the father and grandfather, because they're several generations that live in the family. Um, Angel, who goes to Spanish church here, he prayed with him, and he received the Lord as well. And I would just encourage you, just like Eunice did, that God moves in their family as you support them and you pray for them and you send them notes and you try and encourage them. And I would like to encourage you all to, if there's you know something in your heart that says, I want to do something, I want to make an impression, I want to leave a legacy, I would encourage you to do it.
so the, the point where you all come in, <laughs> you'll notice there's a bright yellow uh, board out on the, the kiosk there on the ministry window with pictures of children on them. And those are the children that we still need to have sponsored. Um, and it's $250 for the whole year for a, a junior high student and 500 for a high school student. But, and I know that sounds like a lot of money, you know, we're willing to piecemeal them out. If you want to give $25 and somebody else gives 20 you know, we'll put it all together and you will have a picture of that child. So anything you can do will help and we'll be able to get all those ch kids sponsored. And when I go down in August and give them all their backpacks, I won't have to say, well, sorry, you don't have a sponsor. So um, that's, that's what we're praying for this month is that we have sponsors for all of those children so they can all uh, be excited about going to school with, with new, new shoes and, and new clothes. Thank you. So, you know, I thought about doing a sermon for another hour, but I thought, nah, these people are going to pay up. You know, they'll take care of it so we can leave early. <laughs> um, so visit, visit with Pat or Eunice, uh, or at least Pat. I don't know if Eunice will be there uh, after the service at the, at the missions kiosk there, please, and sign up. We've got 50 kids still that we've got to get uh, sponsors for. So I'm hoping that we'll get a bunch out of here. Also, if you want to be on our newsletter list, we uh, send out an electronic newsletter every month and also a written one that, that, uh, so that you can, those of you who don't do the electronic stuff, you know, we can, we can send it to you in the mail. Um, but, you know, this is really... Uh, a kind of thing, it's a, it's a God kind of thing that God has developed within us over the years. And uh, I look forward to the God kind of things that he wants to develop in you. And uh, I think that, you know, there's still a lot of space for you to come along with us on the vans if you want to come down on the second weekend of every month and see what God might, be, might uh, lead you to or point you to down there. And uh, I guarantee that as you do that, uh, as you're obedient to God's call, you will see him moving. And sometimes, for whatever reason, in third world countries, it's a lot easier to see God moving than it is here in America where we've got so much material wealth. Um, so I just want to encourage you, if you've never done anything like this, step out of your comfort zone a little bit and come down and check it out. And I think that you'll really be blessed.